So we're down to the final three images from Sea, Sky, Sand and Street. Over the past couple of recordings, I've been talking and reminiscing about my adventures when shooting Sea, Sky, Sand and Street as a photography project. And it was an exciting time. I was exploring iPhone photography I was also exploring a county that is one of my favourites in uh, the UK, in England, which is Norfolk. And I was doing some landscape photography, still life photography, portrait photography, street photography, all kinds of different sort of images. And it all came together really, really well. And I have really enjoyed talking about the images. If you are interested in having a look at this project, having a look at some of the images I've been talking about, then go along to richardflintphoto.com and you'll be able to find the Sea, Sky, Sand and Street gallery there. If you're just interested in having a look at the images that I'm talking about specifically, then go along to darkerskies.wordpress.com forward slash podcast, which is the podcast links page, and you'll see all of the images I've been discussing in these podcasts. So let's get on to our final three images. And image number one is called Final Mooring. This is a still life image that I shot at Brancaster Staith on the North Norfolk coast. It's sort of a portrait of an old rowing boat. Um, Brancaster Staith is a beautiful little area harbour where people go along and launch all kinds of boats fishermen go out but also you find people who do yachting various of the different nautical activities but there are quite a few boats that are obviously just tied up or just left somewhere and then for some reason or another they're just abandoned and this was one such boat I imagine that it was a really, really sturdy little rowing boat at one point, but obviously the years and the weather conditions and the sea have taken their toll on it. And, uh, yeah, it's in a real sorry state. Hence the final mooring uh, name. I just like the tones of this. I think one of the strongest elements of Sea, Sky, Sand and Street was the black and white tones that I was getting from the Hipstermatic app. That was instantly what attracted me to these settings. And uh, just the darkness of the water and the foreground with the, the mooring rope and just the fact that it's it's still sat there um, after quite a few years of obviously being abandoned. I mean, the the, the front of the rowing boat is starting to split away. It's obviously reached a, a point where it's no longer seaworthy by any stretch of the imagination. And it, it just seems, it's a very sad photo in a way, that this this rowing boat that had probably been used for years and years and years is, is just suddenly just lying there abandoned and forgotten. And yeah. It, it's it's always one that I, I find quite an emotional picture in a way. 
Maybe it's a metaphor for something. I don't know. I've never really thought about it that hard, but it is um, it is quite a sad picture. So that is final mooring. It's probably my favourite of the still life images. I did take you know all sorts of um, images while I was there. Still life. Uh, including memorials to Princess Diana that were put up at Sandringham. There was writing on the beach, uh, someone declaring their love for somebody. Um, there was all sorts of uh, different still life images that I, that I came across that were, were sort of documentary images as well. And I decided to incorporate them into the book, and I'm really glad, especially as this one is something that I... I think I need to get a print of this done to hang up because it's it's always been one of my favourite still life images from Sea Sky Sand and Street. So, image number two. Image number two was taken on Brancaster Beach and I think it's probably one of the more iconic images from Sea Sky Sand and Street. I think if someone asked me to produce three images for an exhibition. This would certainly be included. Um, the photograph came about. Uh, Brancaster Beach used to be used as a target range during World War II and shortly afterwards, 1950s. It's now, like a lot of target ranges, it's now become a uh, wildlife reserve and uh, bird sanctuary so that but there's still some of the targets still on the beach most of them have sort of been worn down by the the years and the the weather and the sea but some of them are still quite big and one of them is a ship there is a, a ship that was beached there and used as a target for many years and I wanted to try and get a photograph of that ship on Brancaster Beach for the book. Unfortunately, I couldn't get to it for safety reasons. I had a wander down and then realised that, yeah, it was going to be really, really dangerous to get there. There was going to be a lot of water. To sort of like wade through and it was moving at quite a fast pace and I made the sensible decision the only decision really that I would leave the boat uh, photo forget about it and head back I think these days with a drone you'd probably be able to you could get close enough to be able to fly a drone and have a look at it that way and that would be a far safer option but at the time, of course, drones and things were uh, not readily available in the way that they are now. So I decided to head back. And the weather was changing as well. Norfolk has quite amazing weather in the sense that you can almost time when things are going to happen. So for a lot of the time, if you go there in sort of like um, June, July, if you have a really nice summer day... It can be quite humid, can be quite hot, and by the evening, storms start to appear that sort of rumble on. You get a whole lot of rain, and then by about 7 o'clock, it's all cleared out. You can go 
out and have a drink somewhere and the lovely day has returned the, the sun is back and the clouds are, are there and the blue sky it just seems to be a, a, a cyclic process with Norfolk weather a cycle of uh, things and you can like I say you can almost time it in this case I was heading back to the car this would probably be about four o'clock in the afternoon and I was heading back to the car the car park is is just sort of round the corner from where the house is and there was this family that were sat on the beach behind the windbreaker just trying to enjoy the summer weather it was warm but it was incredibly windy the the sand was blowing across the beach it was incredibly windy but there were these people trying to make the best of the beach in the weather conditions i imagine that they'll probably only be sat there for another half an hour an hour and then would probably decide to go home as well because as you can see by the the clouds in the background everything was starting to build up and there was going to be a storm very, very soon. And there was just this this little one who was having a, a great time on the beach, doing what little kids do on beaches. We've, we've all been there and done it, building sandcastles and just running around and just enjoying themselves. And that's the picture that I, that I took as I got closer. Again, I think it's probably one of my favourites from Sea Sky Sand and Street Project. It's always stuck in my mind. I always remember it, mainly because I wasn't looking for the image. It was something that I just came across and just shot it, but I was actually trying to get another picture. And But this is what I came across. The house in the background is actually um, a, um, a golf clubhouse. Um... It doesn't look like one, but that's what it is. It's the clubhouse for Brancaster uh, Golf Club. So that's quite an interesting building behind with the mast and everything. It's quite I, an iconic building, really, uh, locally, because you can see it from further down the beach. It's sort of very, very prominent when you're in that area. So yeah, that is one of my one of my favourite images. It's a picture that's stuck in my head for a long time, and will, I would certainly regard as one of my best ever pictures. I think it's that good. So the final image. What am I going to pick for the final image? And I've got to bring it up on my monitor. So this final photo. There's not really in any order any of these pictures. I've just picked them out at random. There's, it's not like I'm running through from, you know, six down to one. There's no number one image. But the picture of the people at Wells next to the sea, uh, their crabbing at Wells next to the sea, was just one of those pictures that I just came across while walking about down near the harbour, everyone was distracted. And the great thing about an iPhone is, or any mobile phone, is that you can use it, because everybody's got one, or most people have certainly got one, 
people are used to seeing them in people's hands. And if you use them in the right way, you can end up taking pictures and people don't realise. Um, you, you can literally just sort of like shoot in a very co uh, covert way. Which is what I was trying to do. I didn't want any sort of like reaction. I just wanted some pictures that summed up the scene. And this one at Wells next to the sea of the people crabbing. I really loved. I think I like the spacing of the people and the fact that the lad on the right hand side is up on the first rung of of the the railings. It just sort of so that they were all almost at an equal size. They all have it's like a line going across the image. And the fact that the cone is there, the traffic cone in the foreground, also sort of adds to the, adds to the picture. And I decided, as you might uh, recall from the previous podcast, I mentioned that originally I was thinking about using the fishing boat at Sheringham shot for the book cover, which I think would have worked quite nicely. But I decided to use this image of the, the crabbers at Wells Next to the Sea because I think it, it it encapsulated a lot of what um, I was interested in shooting for Sea Sky, Sand and Street. It's a street photo, but it's not really shot on a street. It's got the water, it's got the landscape, it's got the 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 sky in it. It's got quite a lot of the elements, come to think of it, that I wanted in the book. And it was such a strong image. And it was a, a people photo as well, which is something I didn't want people to just think that this was a book about landscapes or still alive images shot in Norfolk. I wanted to... There, were, there was a people aspect to it. And this image just came together. And I think it was one of the, the strongest street photography images that I shot during the the whole of the the 16 days that I was taking the images. Again, I like the tones, the strong clouds, um, the dark, the contrast to the image. It just came together really nicely. But I think just the, the framing of it works incredibly well, even down to on the right-hand edge of the frame. You've even got the, the little lad's crabbing bucket just below his feet it just works perfectly for me and uh, I think it's probably one of the images again I would say it's definitely got to be in the top three for Sea Sky Sand and Street and I would certainly regard it as one of my best images anyway that I've shot for anything it just everything just came together as uh, a picture so that is it. Those are the six images. Were there any pictures that I wish I'd have got? Well, there were a couple of locations that I didn't manage to get to. One was Norwich, the city of Norwich. It would have been nice to do some street photography there, but just so happens that that year I, I didn't go down to Norwich. The other area was the Norfolk Broads. Um, there's a place called Wroxham which is sort of like the main boating area 
the main boat in town for the Norfolk Broads. And it would be nice to have gone down there and shot some images for Sea Sky Sand and Street. But on the whole, I think I, it actually worked quite well because it was in a very sort of like specific area of Norfolk. A lot of it was shot along the North Norfolk coast. It didn't it didn't wander off too far, which I think there could have been a risk of if I decided to suit. I mean, Norfolk um, is quite spread out as a county, somewhere like Norwich. You know, you're talking about a decent drive, probably about 45 minutes to an hour from the North Norfolk coast. It's quite a distance. And I think maybe that might have been too far. So in the end, I think the locations were were perfect for for what I needed. There was also another book that came out that was connected with Sea Sky Sand and Street. I actually see Sea Sky Sand and Street as a branch off of the Norfolk project that I was shooting at the time. Then there was Sea Sky Sand and Street and then the final Norfolk book that was published in 2019, it was actually a photo zine, was caught by the tide and that was a return to Norfolk in very different circumstances. There is a podcast about that and there's also a page on the website, a photo book page on richardflintphoto.com if you are interested in seeing some of the images and reading about the the project and why it came about and why it was different to see Sky, Sand and Street. But they are definitely related. There's definitely a link, a very strong link between all three of those photography projects. Only two of them were shot using a mobile phone, but each of them were linked quite strongly. And um, they captured period in my life which sadly is gone now um one of those chapters that we often talk about a chapter in my life and this little did i know sort of like captured that final bit in a chapter that had lasted quite a few years that's the amazing thing about photography you end up capturing things with photos that you don't realize that you're getting until much later. So that's it. Thanks very much for listening to these recordings. Like I say, if you are interested interested in having a look at some of the other images from Sea Sky Sand and Street, head over to richardflintphoto.com and you'll find all of the galleries and links to the photo book, uh, or photo books even, over there. So until next time, thanks for listening and I'll be back with another podcast very soon.